What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Teas and Coffee Beans, and welcome to Lucky Lucky Week number 13 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL season, and another kind of down week, especially on the betting picks. From last week. Straight up was perfectly fine. Straight up hit double digits, went 10 and 6 in a full slate of games. Never gonna argue about that too, too much. Has me now 105, 74, and 1. I'm 30 games above 500, obviously, for the first time this season. Just over 58% overall picking the games straight up. Not exactly where I wanna be, but you know what? Not too bad. We'll certainly take it. Uh, Like I say, against the spread and over-under, we gave a lot of our goodwill back last week. Only 6-9-1 against the spread in Week 12, and only 6-10 over-under in Week 12 as well. That has me four games under 500, both against the spread and over-under so far on the year. 85-89-6 against the spread, and and 88-92 on the totals and once again obviously the platinum gold silver and bronze picks were reflective of this as well uh bronze pick only one and two now 2015 and one on the season tampa lost that game to cleveland which was a surprise to me the niners did cover against the spread but the raiders and seahawks failed to stay under their point total which now in retrospect with those two teams, what are you thinking? Uh, silver pick went two and one. Still the best pick overall this year at 23 and 13. Uh, Dallas beat the Giants. Houston failed to cover the big point spread, but Houston and Miami did stay under their point total. So two and one there. Gold pick, which I struggled on to start the season, got reverse swept on the gold pick. Oh, and three, which drops the gold pick back under 500 on the season. 17, 18 and one Baltimore lost that shocking game against Jacksonville Tennessee failed to cover against the spread against the Bengals I believe it was and the Saints and Niners failed to go over their point total but at the very least with the platinum pick I did go two and one 21 14 and one on the season Chiefs beat the Rams the Giants covered against the spread but the Ravens and the Jags failed to stay under the point total. So overall, 5-7 and seven in the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze picks, I think for maybe a second week in a row. So certainly not where we want to be there, but we're going to work on turning that around this week. Taking a peek at the Bridgewater's Finest straight-up pick'em pool for Season 11 of this show. Now in 13th place out of 36, I dropped another three spots. That's six spots in the last two weeks from a high of seven. I'm at 898 of 1,447 possible confidence points. It's a clip of 62.1%, and I did boost my overall with a 64% performance in Week 12. I brought in 87 of 136 confidence points. Not a bad week by any means, but certainly not up there among the best of the week. Shout out to our week 12 winner, Team Power. 13 and 3 straight up last week, bringing in 123 of 136 possible confidence points. So I want you to think about that. They went 13 and 3. They only missed 13 points in total in those three losses. So on average, they were four point games. In, the, in terms of confidence points, that's a pretty damn good performance there. 
from Team Power, 90.4%, and it was good enough to win Week 12. AIM 2022 remains our overall leader at 107.72 and 1 for 949 confidence points. It's just over 65.5%, but they did get the Monday night game wrong, and it is still constricting inside that top 10. This is still anybody's game, and it's super exciting. Mixed bag this week in Fantasy Corner, which is of course brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And my affiliate link to the DTC is down in the description below. You can find there, you can get access to the absolute best or some of the absolute best player rankings, trade evaluations, podcasts, expert content for keeper dynasty and long-term fantasy football. It has helped me win championships in the past. The dynasty trade calculator is all that. It is as good as I hype it up to be. And my affiliate link is down below for as little as a cup of coffee. You can gain access to one of the best keeper dynasty and long-term fantasy football assets on the internet. So in the Professionals League where I've struggled all season long, I did lose as expected to Conrad. That drops my record to 2-10 and 10 on the season. Just an, like, it, it, the season started bad. Kamara was struggling. I lost Javante Williams for the year. Russell Wilson has been Russell Wilson all year. It just, it just has not been a good season for me in that league, obviously. Uh, however, in the Anti and Co. Dynasty Fantasy Football League, I did pick up a Monday night win against Brian. That moves my record to 7-5 and five and does all but lock me into a playoff spot in that startup uh, Dynasty League, which is great. And I've got week 13 matchups against the Richards. I've got a week 13 matchup with Rich in the Professionals Dynasty and a week 13 matchup with Richard in the Anti and Co League. So uh, it's a projected loss in the Professionals, but a projected win in Anti and Co. The win in Anti and Co would be great. I'm still, I think, mathematically alive for like one of the two one of the top two playoff spots, which would be great, but I, I feel pretty good about my possibilities of making the playoffs in that league, so I feel like I got a good team. It's two thumbs up. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this live stream, of the VOD, of the podcast, wherever you interact with this show, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 13 in the NFL. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for season 11 of this show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees and Coffee Bean. And folks, if you go to nerdtees.ca, you are going to find all kinds of great options, those last minute Christmas options for the hard to buy for people on your list. You're going to find something at nerdtees.ca. And when you do, you're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks, which is an excellent value. And for my viewers in the United States, you're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Now today's blend is the same blend that we drank last week. It is the Black Forest Cake. It's just so good we had to run it back one more time. A cup of bakery. A cup of a bakery in a teacup. Who would have thought all these magical things? Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on Nerdtees.ca. 
Let's see. We got in the chat. Chad says hello from Regina. A what a strange year for gambling. My Eagles are looking good. Sorry, cheeseheads. Yeah, it's been. It's just not been a good year if you're a fan of the Green Bay Packers. But what are you gonna do? Uh, Martin checking in. Oh, fourth. Oh, that was from earlier. Before we. Uh, yeah, we had some. We had some scheduling um, back and forth on the episode this week. Uh, I'm not late this time. Audio all good. I went nine out of sixteen. There's nothing wrong with 9 out of 16, Chad, especially if it's against, like against the spread or over-under. There's nothing wrong with that at all. If it's straight up, it's not double digits, but I mean, it's not like you were under 500, so it certainly could have gone worse. All right, with no further ado, we are going to get into our 15-game slate of games for Week 13 in the NFL. Obviously looking to especially turn around the betting picks from the last couple of weeks. We're looking at improving in that area here. We are going to kick things off with a battle of the AFC East. That is the Buffalo Bills on the road in New England taking on the Patriots. Now, the Bills and uh, the Bills currently actually sit in an AFC wildcard spot. They are no longer the leaders of the AFC East. That, of course, belongs to the Miami Dolphins, but Buffalo firmly sitting in one of those wildcard spots. And the Patriots are a team that's still in the hunt. They're not in a wildcard spot right now, but they're very, very close to it within a game or two. Patriots still in the hunt. This is a pivotal game in the AFC playoff picture. Make no mistake about it. Bills enter this one on the tail end of back-to-back road games. They've got a top five total offense. The Patriots counter that with a top five total defense. Obviously, two teams that know each other exceptionally well. I feel like Josh Allen is getting healthier as time progresses here from his initial injury once he's back at a hundred percent i think it's kind of like not a josh allen revenge tour but i mean it's the afc kind of got its reprise with josh allen not quite playing 100 healthy or 100 up to josh allen standards as he gets closer to the closer to that scary scary stuff obviously buffalo wants to win this division obviously buffalo wants to challenge for that first round buy in the afc Patriots are looking to hang on. Whether they win or lose this game, they're not fully out of it, With obviously with this much time left in the regular season. I got to go with the Bills here. I think top to bottom, the Bills are the better football team. Bill Belichick could certainly come up with something here, if anybody can, to beat the Buffalo Bills. It would certainly be Bill, Bill Belichick, but I'm going to go ahead and grab the Buffalo Bills on the road to beat the Patriots. On the line, the Patriots are taking plus four. Uh, as a home dog, which kind of felt tempting to take, to be perfectly honest. But I think I'm going to lay those points on Buffalo. You get the Bills at under a touchdown. Their offense is so good. Their defense, not quite as good as it was earlier in the season, but still a really good defense. Four points just seems like a number that's exceptionally coverable for them. So we're going to go ahead and lay the minus four on Buffalo. Total in the game here set at 43 and a half points. I think I'm going to stick under on this one because, again, I don't think uh, Josh Allen is up to 100% yet. It's a game in the Northeast, which means it's going to be cold, even though it's on, uh, you know, even though it's, you know, it's not a Sunday. It's not the game on Sunday, but it's on Thursday. Game's going to be cold for sure. I think we stick with the under in this one, although I think this is a pretty good number. I think it's close, but under 43 and a half points in Buffalo, New England. Let's go Bills 24, Patriots 17, Buffalo wins, Buffalo covers, and give me the under on the points. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Uh, Pittsburgh has the detriment of the short week, having played just last night. Now, that was in a winning effort against the Indianapolis Colts. This is, however, the tail end of back-to-back -back road games for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well as it was with Buffalo. Uh, Atlanta is a team that is still in the hunt in the NFC playoff picture. Pittsburgh, not so much. I, do, I don't think I can say by virtue of that win that they just had there against Indianapolis, I don't think I can quite still say that they're a team that's playing for draft positioning. Like I'm going to be talking about that a little bit this week. Like the teams that are very obviously far out of it and are now at the point where they could be playing for draft position. The difference between the number six overall pick in the draft and the number two overall pick in the draft may only wind up being one game. In fact, most of the time, I think it usually is. So you've got these teams that they got nothing else to play for, but draft positioning can reap some real benefits down the line so we will certainly be talking about that i'm not quite at the point where i can call the steelers a team that are playing for draft position anymore just by virtue of that game like winning that game last night that's their fourth win of the season so i'm not quite willing to have that same conversation because there's a lot of four win teams in the nfl pittsburgh still a bottom five total offense on the season also a bottom 10 total defense so the defensive struggled the offense has certainly struggled now they did get over 20 points last night but and you know the Colts defense is no slouch but still uh the Atlanta Falcons like I said a team is still technically in the hunt in the NFC playoff conversation here they're a team with a top 10 or sorry a bottom 10 total offense and a bottom five total defense that defense has struggled all season long to stop the opposition from moving the football chad says pittsburgh's won three in a row against atlanta but i pick atlanta getting desperate some teams well exactly like there are teams that are desperate but still in the hunt like it's like there's what so this is there's six weeks left to go teams like Atlanta especially in the division that they're in like the division is not out of the conversation by any means but even the wild card like there, there's the conversation is still there uh in both of those cases so in terms of which one of these teams is more desperate for a win it has to be the Atlanta Falcons they're getting this game at home I like Atlanta in this one, and I actually, I like Atlanta in this one quite a bit. I don't know how much better of a team they are than Pittsburgh. I don't necessarily know that they are a better team, but they're definitely the more desperate team between these two. So I'm going to grab the Falcons here at home, and I like that so much that Atlanta over Pittsburgh is actually going to be my bronze pick straight up this week. The Falcons over the Steelers, my bronze pick straight up. Against the spread, Atlanta has gone from a one and a half point favorite to a one and a half point dog overnight. Yesterday they were, or sorry, not yesterday. Yeah, 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 yesterday actually. They were minus 1.5. They are now plus 1.5. So clearly a lot of money and a lot of Vegas interpretation here is going on the Steelers side of things, probably by virtue of what Chad just said, the fact they've won three in a row against Atlanta. I'm more than happy to take that plus 1.5. And in fact, Atlanta plus the point and a half by virtue of the fact that i like them winning so much i will take that as my gold pick against the spread this week atlanta plus 1.5 so you know what that means it's a 2-0 game or an 0-2 game if atlanta wins it's 2-0 if atlanta loses chances are it's 0-2 so it's 
this has a chance a couple of spots here this week actually have a chance at being real disastrous or coming up aces so this is going to be this is going to be moving day i think for the picks this season so like to take the falcons to win and we're going to take them plus the point and a half total in the game set at 43 and a half points once again pretty much um a re like pretty well a perfect number and uh, I think we're going to go ahead and take the over on it just because two defenses that have struggled, they're capable of scoring points, but not necessarily. So uh, I think we're going to go ahead and grab the over here. But again, I think it's a pretty perfect number. We're going to go 23-21 Falcons, Atlanta wins, Atlanta covers, and give me the over just barely on the points. Blind Canadian Cats in the chat. Me when I tell Justin to send me a pipe bomb in my mailbox oh no even when I, oh damn it so okay here, here's in my defense i don't know maybe when i saw that tweet and i was like yeah i can do that and then when i sent the retweet the last tweet that i sent which was like lol jk stream starting in five minutes i genuinely did mean to tag you in that tweet <laughs> and i sent it and then my teacup finished and i walked away and it was out of my brain goldfish brain goldfish brain i work in retail it's not my fault all right the green bay packers and the chicago bears a battle of the nfc north uh neither one of these teams obviously in the conversation here for uh, a division or a division uh, a playoff spot uh, i think they've combined to win seven games this year chicago is one of those teams that i will talk about in terms of playing for draft position there's very little that the chicago bears have left to play for this season and they just suffered the loss of darnell mooney he's going to be done for the rest of the season i believe uh, an ankle injury might have been an achilles injury in any case we won't see darnell mooney for the rest of the year he's an important offensive weapon in that arsenal justin fields is playing is trying to play wounded didn't play last week would question mark whether he plays this week as well and you got aaron Rodgers on the other side who's playing with half a thumb uh, so this is going to be one of those games that, um, can we talk about this potentially as canceled due to lack of interest? Although there, there's always the interest, uh, considering the, the Aaron Rodgers I effing own you, uh, conversation. That's always going to be a talking point. Now it's going to be unfortunate when Jordan love fully inherits this team because he's going to inherit that he's a hundred percent going to inherit that for the first few years of his career as a starter in green bay so the packers come into this game the third straight game where we talk about a team on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games the packers come into that as well they're a middle of the road total offense middle of the road total defense the bears again i fully feel like they're playing for draft positioning the bears are not out of the conversation for the first overall pick houston would have to win a couple of games but the bears are not out of that conversation they've only got three wins on the season so they're likelihood of getting a top five pick is really really good and i think they have to keep that in mind because this bears team there's a lot of things on this bears team that need to be fixed i feel like they've got some stuff in place but there's a lot more that needs to be addressed so better draft positioning i think is a good thing if you're a fan of chicago they have a bottom 10 total offense this season like i said dealing with the injury to darnell mooney i think this is a get right game for green bay in chicago let's take the packers on the road in chicago to beat a bears team 
that other than the pride of beating Green Bay, isn't really playing for anything anymore this year. On the line, Chicago is taking plus four as a home dog. I'm going to lay those points with Green Bay, I think. Green Bay's offense has looked better lately. Uh, the defense has kind of let them down, I think, in the last uh, few games, especially their ability to stop the run. Chicago doesn't strike me, I don't think, as a dominant run team. They can certainly run the ball, especially if Fields is playing and healthy. That's the thing. I don't think Fields is healthy, whether he plays as a 50-50 coin flip here. And even if it's Jordan Love for Green Bay, this might sound inflammatory to Bears fans. I think Jordan Love can cover this number. I really do. Six for nine for 113 yards and a touchdown against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yes, it was a game where Green Bay was down two scores. I totally understand that, but still, like that's still a really good defense there in Philadelphia. And Jordan Love had a lot of success against them in that fourth quarter. So I think this is a number that either Green Bay quarterback covers. Give me the minus four on the Packers. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. This is one of my uh, favorite totals of the week. In fact, I really like this to go over. Feels like Chicago's defense has kind of imploded here like a neutron star. So I think we're going to grab the over in this one. So Green Bay over Chicago straight up is going to be my silver pick straight up this week. Really like this spot for Green Bay. I think the Packers get a nice division win here. Feels good towards the end of the season. So that's the silver pick straight up. And over 43 and a half points in Green Bay, Chicago is going to be my goal. My, actually, sorry, my platinum pick on my totals this week. My favorite total play of the week. Green Bay, Chicago over 43 and a half points. Let's go Packers 27, Bears 21. I still think the Bears get their points, but... A very comfortable over here, over 43 and a half, 27, 21 Packers. Chad says, windy city, don't forget the weather. It's true. The Jacksonville Jaguars in Detroit taking on the Lions. The Lions have the benefit of the long week this week, having played on Thanksgiving. Uh, Jacksonville, a top 10 total offense, but a bottom 10 total defense. A little bit of a glass cannon situation going on there. And speaking of glass cannon situation, let me introduce you to the Detroit Lions. Uh, top 10 total offense, bottom 5 total defense. Not just bottom 10, bottom 5. So both of these teams should be able to move the ball fairly easily in this matchup. I expect there to be a lot of points. Spoilers, I'm on the over in this one. Um, I'm going to take Detroit here because Detroit is another one of those teams like Atlanta where the number has crossed the zero, uh, since yesterday, yesterday, the lions were laying a point and a half as a home favorite. Now they're taking a point and a half as a home dog. And I can't really see exactly why it's the case. There's no significant injury that stands out to me. Yes, Jacksonville is playing good football or better football than they have been. I feel like that's an overreaction to the comeback win against Baltimore. The wrong team is the favorite here as far as I'm concerned. It should be the Detroit Lions, especially given that they're playing at home. DeAndre Swift is back. To me, it just doesn't make too much doesn't make much sense. So, we're going to go ahead and grab the Lions to win this game outright which means I'll also take Detroit plus the 1.5. So Lions win outright, 
Lions plus a point and a half. Total in the game is 51 and a half points. Don't overthink this too much. I think this one's going over fairly comfortably. Let's go over 51 and a half points in Jacksonville, Detroit. Let's go Detroit 30, Jacksonville 27. So Detroit wins, Detroit covers, and give me the over. Uh, Chad, Detroit won three games in a row against Jacksonville. This Jags team is so strange. They are, aren't they? They're better. They're better. They're good. They're better than they have been. The defense is still not great. And I don't know. It's, it's the, they're better. They're better than they were. What they lack at this point, I guess, is consistency. And that's something that you have to build over time. You have to build that consistent culture. So, I mean, they're still in the process of doing that. This is a Jags team. I think that will be very good. Like in two years time, we'll be sitting here talking about the Jags probably as a playoff team. If, if I had to guess, there's a lot of good young talent on that team. The New York Jets and the Minnesota Vikings. This is a game that I flip-flopped on multiple times preparing for the show this week. So Minnesota comes into this with the benefit of the long week because they played on Thanksgiving. The Vikings are, of course, the number one seed right now in the NFC North. The Jets are a wild card team in the AFC as it stands right now. Neither one of these teams, they're both kind of middling uh, offensively. Like they're not in the top 10 or bottom 10 in terms of total offense. They're both just kind of floating around the middle there a little bit. There is a significant difference here defensively. The New York Jets are a top 10 total defense this year. Not enough people are talking about that Jets defense for the good things that they have done this year. Whereas the Vikings defense, like shockingly, the Vikings are a 9-2 football team. I think they've only scored five more points this year than they've allowed, yet somehow they're 9-2. It's crazy. Their losses, I think, have all been, have both been blowouts. It's just crazy the point differential there for a team that's 9-2. You'd think it would be at least seven points if they won every game by one, but no, it, it's less than that. It's crazy. And they're actually a bottom five total defense in the NFL this year. So teams have had no problem moving the ball on the Vikings. This felt like a prime upset spot were it not for the fact that the Jets are just dealing with such a multitude of injuries right now and suffered another one last week. Michael Carter in the backfield, he has an ankle injury. He's likely going to be out for a couple of weeks. So the question then becomes like, who's consistently running the ball for the Jets. I kind of thought the Jets might be a team that would then turn around and sign Melvin Gordon because I'm like, he's the, the biggest free agent wide receiver, wide receiver, free agent running back that's available on the market. I kind of thought they would jump out and grab Melvin Gordon. And instead the Kansas city Chiefs signed Melvin Gordon because of course they did. In any case, I'm going to grab the Vikings here just because, again, I don't know what the run game's going to look like for the Jets. Mike White was very good in that in in his first uh, in his start there last week. I, I'm assuming he stays the starter for the time being. I can't tell you how cool it was to get Garrett Wilson touchdown notifications from my fantasy football app. I can't tell you how good that felt. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I haven't seen this in a hundred years. Yes, I know he's a rookie, but like, oh my God, touchdown notifications. They're actually throwing him the ball. Hallelujah. 
So I, I do think the Jets offense is better. I just kind of think Minnesota wins a bit of a shootout in this one. So let's take the Vikings at home to get the win over the Jets. On the line, Minnesota is laying three points. I like Minnesota to win. It's a relatively small price to pay at just a field goal. Let's lay the three points on the Vikings. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. This is a pretty comfortable over for me. I think this game gets into the 50s probably with ease. So let's go over 45 and a half points in Minnesota, New York. Let's go Vikings 28, Jets 24. Vikes win, Vikes cover, and give me the over on the points. Uh, let's see. Cat says Lions are very good at being a team that is competitive against good teams, but somehow no show against lesser teams. That's a valid point too. So now you, I guess you just have to make the estimation for yourself, which one is Jacksonville? <laughs> like, do you consider Jacksonville like becoming a good team or do you still consider them one of the lesser teams in the league? I know their record is what it is, but I think they're better than their record. So now it's just like, how do you, how do you quantify exactly what Jacksonville is? And then Chad saying Minnesota has two wins in a row against the Jets. I take Minnesota. I see a blowout. Hopefully that's true because then that probably means I sweep that game. All right. Battle of the NFC East coming up here. The Washington Commanders are in New York taking on the Giants. So both of these teams sit in NFC wildcard spots. So this is another pivotal matchup in the NFC playoff picture with six weeks to go. The uh, Commanders come into this game a bottom 10 total offense, but a top 10 total defense. So expecting some scores to set day fairly low in Commanders games. The Giants are kind of even money in both of those. They kind of float middle of the pack, uh, both total offense and total defense. They do come into this game with the benefit of the long week having played on Thanksgiving. So obviously where this is, you know, a really pivotal division matchup, two teams that I think are exceptionally similar to each other. I was pretty well committed to just taking the points, whichever way this game went. And the fact that the giants are currently getting plus 1.5 at home, that's a little too tempting for me, even though I did point this out on Twitter and cat responded to it. And it's a hundred percent true. Uh, I think it was the Commanders are 4-0 against the spread as betting favorites this year, I believe it was. And they were laying a point and a half as they are right now. So it's, Washington's playing good football right now. Taylor Heineke has that team going. These division games, man, it's just, it's so tough for me to get away from, are the two teams really similar? Take the points. And in this case, where the line is only a point and a half, it only makes sense if I'm going to do that to take the underdog to win the game outright. So I think that's the way I'm going to go. But that is, that is going against the majority of the trend right now. Because the majority of the trend is Washington is the team that's hot. Chad just said it in the chat. Washington is the team that's hot. Washington is playing the better football right now. I think the Giants have the nuclear weapon that the Commanders don't necessarily have. Look, it's definitely going against the trends of those things. But I'm going to be on the Giants here to pick up the marginal upset win, which means, of course, I'm on the New York Giants plus the 1.5. Total in the game is set at 40.5 points. And for both of these teams, neither offense is lighting it up lately. The defenses play fairly well. I think this is a tight, classic NFC East uh, matchup. So I'm going to take the under on this. I don't think there's a ton of points in this game. 
under 40 and a half feels good to me. And I like it so much that Washington and New York under 40 and a half is actually going to be my bronze pick on the totals this week. Washington and New York under 40 and a half points. Let's go 16, 10 in favor of the giants. So giants win giants cover and give me a comfortable under cat in the chat here said cat in the chat. I'm going to write a kid's book called cat in the chat. I just like that a lot. So Kat in the chat says there's just something with DC that you just believe in. Fair enough. And it, it could be, that could be a reflection of you want to believe in them because of all the scumminess that you know is going on behind the scenes with the owner. Like they, they've been put in the sympathetic position where like they just kind of have to deal with that garbage and with a building that's falling apart, like I just, it feels like they're, they've been put in such a sympathetic position that you want to root for them. It's like the lions when they started on with hard knocks, like you want to root for them. Like you, 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 you start liking them because of the stuff that like, you see with Dan Campbell and everything like that. So I think Washington is very much in that sphere too. You want to like Washington because of all the extenuating stuff around them for sure. I'm going to take the Giants, but I will say I will not be shocked one way or the other, however this game goes. Uh, I love it. Look forward to the book. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Chad, if you're wrong, Justin, keep the mustache an extra day. I'll think about that. The Tennessee Titans and the Philadelphia Eagles taking place in Philadelphia. Obviously, this is a battle of two division leaders. Tennessee leading the AFC South, Philadelphia leading the NFC East. Now, the Titans, interestingly enough, for how good the Titans have been this year, most of it has not been predicated on the offense. They're a bottom five total offense in the NFL. They do not move the ball very well at all. Now, most of that is by virtue of the pass game, because obviously we know they can run the ball with Derrick Henry, but boy, can they not throw to save their souls. So a bottom five total offense, the total defense kind of middle of the pack, the Eagles top five in both categories, top five total offense and top five total defense. But if you look at the last couple of weeks, they struggled mightily with an Indianapolis Colts team that has not been good this year at all. They only beat them by a single point. They struggled with a Green Bay team that's quarterbacked by a guy with half a thumb. Like that was only a one possession game. And, and Green Bay has not been good this year. And they played the whole fourth quarter with a backup quarterback and it was still a one possession game. So... Yes, the Eagles are great. This is a great football team. And they do the things that you need to do to win. But so do the Tennessee Titans, man. And they do it. They've been doing it a lot longer. <laughs> They've been doing it for years uh, in in this space. And, and winning football games the way the Tennessee Titans win football games. They've been doing it for years. So there's the old phrase about dragging someone down to your level and then beating them with experience. That might be what we see in this football game. Like, I think I'm going to take the Titans to win this game outright. This feels like an upset special here. I'm, I guess, color me not a thousand percent convinced by the Eagles right now, but I'm pretty convinced by Tennessee. So I'm going to take the upset here. One of the bigger potential upsets of the week. Let's take the Tennessee Titans on the road in Philadelphia to beat the Eagles outright. On the line, the Eagles are laying five and a half points here as a home favorite. Obviously, I like Tennessee to win, so give me the plus 5.5 on Tennessee. And I, in fact, I like that so much. 
Tennessee plus five and a half is going to be my platinum pick against the spread this week. Tennessee plus five and a half, my platinum pick against the spread. Total in this game is set at 44 and a half. Both of these teams play exceptionally good defense. I don't think we'll see the same offensive performance from the Eagles this week as we saw last week against the Packers. Give me the under in this game. It's a pretty good number at 44.5, but I'm going to grab the under here, under 44.5 points in Tennessee, Philadelphia. Let's go Titans 23, Eagles 20. Titans win it on a last-second field goal. Titans win, Titans cover, and give me the under on the points. Chad says Philadelphia to win, but not the spread. Took Tennessee at plus five. Yeah, I mean, like they're one of the best against the spread teams in football this year. And I don't necessarily know if that's by design or that's just the result of the way the Titans play football. But they they have really, really made a believer out of me this year. A little bit even more so than the Eagles have. So definitely grab them. This would be a hedge. I would grab this plus five and a half one way or the other, but I'm just going to take the Titans to also win the game outright. Hope I can double dip. Not going to spend much time on this game. The Denver Broncos in Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Uh, Denver, I guess, would be a team that would be playing for a draft spot if they actually had their own first round pick. They do not. Seattle has that pick. So if anything, Denver wants to win games here down the stretch so that that pick for Seattle's is as bad as it could possibly be. There's nothing worse than being a team that sucks who also doesn't have their first round pick. It's bad. And I, sh I shouldn't say the whole team sucks. That defense is really good. I think they're still, yeah, they're still a top five total defense. That defense is still really good. That offense sucks pond water. That offense is terrible. Capital T, capital E, capital at least one R, terrible. They can't move the ball. They can't score. Russell Wilson looks like a shell of his former self, and they paid a king's ransom to get him. Broncos come into this game on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. Baltimore, they lead the AFC North still, and genuinely, I think that game last week was a blip on the radar. I really do. Stuff happens. It's a long NFL season. Games like that are bound to happen. I don't think it's a trend. I think it's the exception that proves the rule. I think Baltimore bounces back in this one in a big, bad way. Let's take the Ravens to win this game big against Denver. And the only reason that this is not in my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze straight up is I believe I had Baltimore last week. Yeah, I had Baltimore over Jacksonville as the gold pick. So I just didn't feel like putting Baltimore in there two weeks in a row. So, like, I think Baltimore actually, I think, win this game huge. Uh, on the line, they are eight and a half point favorites. Chad just putting in the chat, Baltimore won two in a row, but take the plus 8.5 due to Denver play, or Baltimore playing sloppy. Yes, except with the team that's on the other side. The team that's on the other side, yes, they're good defensively, but I don't know what in the world they're going to be able to bring on the offensive side. I think they're going to turn the ball over a couple of times as Ravens defense, even if it's not necessarily great, it is opportunistic. So a couple of turnovers, I can certainly see that happening. And if it does, I think Baltimore, I think this game kind of gets away from Denver. So I'm actually going to lay the eight and a half points. It's a lot of points to lay this season, but I Baltimore, I think is deserving of being a favorite of that much. And I think they're going to cover that number. 
total in the game set at 38 and a half points. I have to stick under on it because I don't know if one team is necessarily even going to get into double digits. So I've got to stick with the under. We're going to go under 38 and a half points in Baltimore, Denver. Let's go uh, Ravens 24. We'll, we'll put Denver in double digits. We'll go 24-10. So Baltimore wins, Baltimore covers, and give me the under on the points. Uh, Martin, it was sad that the Ravens were bad in the red zone against the Jags, kept settling for field goals. Exactly. Like Baltimore should have won that game outright, maybe by more than a full possession. You know what I mean? Like it, with those, you know, failed conversions that, you know, that that's just it. They couldn't, you know, put it in the end zone when it really, really mattered. I don't think that happens twice. So if the game starts going the same way for them, I think they start converting some of those into touchdowns. This could really get away from Denver. So that's why I feel comfortable laying the eight and a half points. Cat just makes a good point in the chat too. You can say what you want about the offense. The defense has to make that stop at the end. 100%. If this is a team that wants to consider itself a contender in the AFC, which I think they do, you're 100% right. In critical moments at the end of the game, that defense has to make that stop. They didn't, but in the future, they absolutely have to. This is why this can be the one-off. This can be the exception that proves the rule. If it becomes consistent, you can't really consider yourself a contender. Now, here's the game that a lot of eyes will be on. The Cleveland Browns in Houston taking on the Texans, the re return of the bad touch, the return of Deshaun Watson to Houston, Deshaun's first game in quite some time. Like, uh, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this, a lot of intrigue in this football game. Uh, Houston far and away right now the worst team in football i think one nine and one on the season definitely have like a two game cushion worth of inside track to the first overall pick and i made the argument on twitter uh yesterday or the day before uh hey houston if you get the first overall pick trade it one of those teams with two first round picks is gonna want to jump up for a quarterback let them get as many assets as you can try to make that team better I think Damian Pierce is really good. I think Nico Collins has the possibility to be really good. That defense is bad. You need multiple of those elite defensive prospects that are at the top of this draft board. One of them's not good enough. Let somebody else stick their neck out to go for a quarterback. You get a couple of defensive prospects. And all of a sudden, I think your chances are actually better next year than they are this year. So, hey, if you get that first overall pick please trade it because just drafting a quarterback is not going to CJ Stroud is not going to fix this team. The Cleveland Browns, a top five total offense in the NFL so far this season, Houston ranks in the bottom five, both offensively and defensively 100%. Um, and again, they should be playing for draft position. That's what they've got left to play for. Maybe there's a certain sense in this game that like, hey, we want to beat Deshaun in his comeback game. I can understand that, especially where the game's in Houston. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I've underrated this Cleveland team a little too much, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I think we're going to go ahead and take the Cleveland Browns here on the road in Houston, Cleveland and Deshaun get the win 
over the Texans. And in fact, I like that so much. Cleveland over Houston is going to be my gold pick against the, uh, not against the spread, my gold pick straight up this week. Cleveland over Houston, my gold pick straight up. Now on the line, Houston is taking plus seven here as a home dog. I was tempted, not going to lie. But do you remember what I did last week? I took the Houston Texans plus 13 points against a Miami Dolphins team that starting to hit some injuries. And that's unfortunately continuing starting to hit some injuries, maybe not quite defensively what it was earlier in the season. They lost by 15. Do you have any idea how mad that made me (laughs) like that really made me upset because I'm like, it's not like you lost by 30 where it's like, okay, it was never actually in doubt, but like the backdoor cover was there. Even another field goal and you backdoor cover. So, but no, lost by 15, just enough for Miami to cover. So it's like, oh, I won't be making that mistake again. We're going to lay the points here with the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland minus seven on the road in Houston. Now, Chad brings up an interesting point. Houston can afford a win. You're not wrong because the next teams to them have three, but mm, mm, I don't trust their defense. I don't trust their defense to get a stop at any point in a game, really. Like, in any point that actually matters, I just don't trust their defense anymore. Total in the game set at 47.5. This feels like a layup over to me. We're going to go over 47.5. The Browns' defense is not lights out. So I think Houston will score some points here. They'll score some anger points because they want to have a good game against Deshaun. So I'm going to grab the over here, over 47 and a half points. And as a matter of fact, over 47 and a half points is my gold pick on the totals this week. Cleveland and Houston over 47 and a half, my gold pick on the totals. Let's go 30 to 21 in favor of the Cleveland Browns. Browns win, Browns cover, and give me the over on the points. I don't know whether that click came through on the audio or not. Something clicked and I have no idea what it was. Uh, Cat, Houston, and a few other teams for that matter should keep an eye out for upcoming free agent quarterbacks like a Gardner Minshew. Interesting, interesting. I like Gardner Minshew. Uh, would be something interesting for that year. Yeah, absolutely. A fringe starter, right? Like somebody that can come in. Again, I like Davis Mills. Maybe Davis Mills isn't ready. Maybe people are right. So they've been yelling at me. But like a fringe starter, Or even like a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. like. But yeah, a a free agent, like a fringe starter who probably wouldn't start on a lot of these. A Marcus Mariota type, right? Like a a Marcus Mariota who wouldn't start on a lot of teams can play up to the caliber of a starting quarterback given the situation. So somebody like that, yeah, I could absolutely see that happening. All right, six games left to go. Battle of the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks in Los Angeles to take on the Rams. And the news just keeps getting bad for the LA Rams. Uh, Von Miller, not Von Miller, um, Aaron Donald. uh, Looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks and they may, in fact, um, hold him out for the rest of the season. The Rams don't really have much of anything left to play for. They're a bottom five total offense They are a top 10 total defense. They can certainly get the job done on the defensive side, but they just lost. Uh, Allen Robinson is now done for the season. Aaron Donald may uh, very well be held out for the rest of the year. So he's healthy coming into next year. 
they don't have their first round pick. So it's, uh, it's kind of like Denver, but it's not quite as bad. Like there's just, there's just all kinds of bad in Los Angeles right now. The Seattle Seahawks are a team that's still in the hunt. Like they're still in the hunt here for a playoff spot. The it's, they're certainly not out of it in the context of their division. However, they are a bottom five total defense. This defense has not completely imploded, but boy, they struggle to stop anybody through the air or especially on the ground. They really do. They really do struggle. Their offense is pretty good. It can certainly put up points. They're not top 10, but it can certainly put up points. I really wanted to take the upset here. Had the, had the stuff not happened with Aaron Donald, this would be an upset because everybody's looking away from the Rams. With good cause, but everybody's looking away from the Rams. So this would have been an upset pick for sure had the Aaron Donald news not come down. So unfortunately, I, I can't. I want to do it, but I can't. So we're definitely going to be on the, the, uh, the Seahawks here on the road in Los Angeles to get the win over the Rams. However, against the spread, the Rams are taking plus seven and a half points. And on one of the worst defenses in the league... I have to assume the Rams are going to be able to score some points and probably enough to keep this within seven and a half. I don't love having to buy that extra hook. I could see uh, the Seahawks winning this game by seven, but that doesn't cover. So I'm going to take the points here with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to take the Rams plus the seven and a half points. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to take that as my silver pick against the spread. That's just too many points for me in a division game one way or the other. I think the Rams do step up to this moment, especially where the game's in Los Angeles. Plus the seven and a half. It's also kind of a hedge. It kind of protects me against an upset because then at least I get it against the spread. But we're going to go ahead and grab plus the seven and a half. Total in the game here is set at 41 and a half points, a shockingly low total. Like Allen Robinson doesn't make that big of a difference as far as I'm concerned, at least not with the way the Rams have used him this year on the offense. So I think the Rams will still uh, be able to put up points. Like I don't think the Rams are going to be completely anemic no matter who's playing a quarterback. So I think we're going to have to grab the over here over 41 and a half points. It's such a beatable number as well. Over 41 and a half in Los Angeles, Seattle. Let's go Seahawks 26, Rams 21. So Seattle wins, Rams cover against the spread, and give me the over on the points. Uh, let's see, Martin, Jimmy G doesn't want to shorten his career playing behind that Texan line. That's an excellent point. Very good. Cat, uh, I mean, I love Mariota. I was just about to type it. But if he can get a one-year trial, why not give Minshew a go? No, absolutely. Gardner Minshew is an interesting shout-out there. Like, I, I, I'd i be all for that. No no doubt about it. Chad says, what about Rourke from BC doing some NFL tryouts soon? I think that's cool. I think the CFL should be doing everything that it can do to keep Nathan Rourke in the CFL. Like, they'd never prevent him or try to prevent him from going to the NFL. But throw that guy... Throw that guy as much money as you possibly can to try to keep him. I'm fully in favor of Nathan Rourke being the highest paid player in the CFL. You have to keep that guy in the CFL. Uh, let's see. Keep him in BC and let the Lions win the Grey Cup next year. Exactly. See, that I'll buy. I can buy that the Winnipeg dynasty is over and it's Nathan Rourke's time now in BC. Got to keep him in the league for that to happen. 
Uh, Rams have won three in a row against Seattle. I take the plus eight. Absolutely. Uh, I don't have the history in my head, but Seattle and LA games have been hella low scoring the last few years. Martin says, I think 21 is way too many points for the Rams against Seattle. It may very well be, but I just, I don't see the team as anemic. Like I think against a team like Seattle, they can figure out the run. And if they figure out the run with Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, I think they'll their the offense ha, will take a big uptick. So we'll we'll see. But I'm I, I feel pretty comfortable about that over. The Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers. This is one of the marquee games of this week. This is a battle of division leaders. Obviously, the Dolphins, the number one seed in the AFC East, the Niners, the number one seed in the NFC West. So Miami comes into this game with a top five total offense. The Niners come in with a top 10 total offense. Two teams that can move the football exceptionally well. San Francisco is dealing with a number of injuries heading into this one. And Miami has an injury as well. And it's fairly significant along their offensive line. Taron Armstead is dealing with a pectoral injury that I think will likely keep him out for a couple of weeks. Which could mean really good things really good things for the pass rush for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo's banged up. Christian McCaffrey is dealing with knee inflammation. So like, oh God, here we go again. They just lost Elijah Mitchell for the rest of the season. So what is the run game going to look like for San Francisco? It's an excellent question. What I think I can certainly bank on in this game is that Niners defense, that top five total defense for the San Francisco 49ers. They play the kind of football that wins games in January and potentially February. I like the Niners in this game, but I think this is an exceptionally close. Like, could this be a low-key Super Bowl preview? Is it crazy to say that with these two teams? Is it crazy to say that of the Miami Dolphins? Let's put it that way. But, like, could this be, like, a real dark horse Super Bowl preview? Crazier things have... I've heard crazier than that. I'm going to grab the Niners here to pick up the win at home. But against the spread, you got to buy the hook. They're minus three and a half rather than minus three or below. I'm going to hedge because I could very easily see the Dolphins winning this game. So I think I got to take the plus three and a half on the Miami Dolphins. They could certainly win the game outright. If they don't, I think it's going to be close. And to uh, Martin's point, I believe, pretty low scoring. I'm on the under in this one pretty comfortably. The total's 46 and a half. Yes, it's two very good offenses, but it's banged up offenses. I think the defenses are the ones that come to play. So let's go under 46 and a half points. Let's go Niners 21-20 over the Dolphins. So Niners win, but give me the Dolphins plus the three and a half and give me the under on the points. Uh, I mean, at this point, Miami seems like the team I'm most confident in beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. This is from Cat. Uh, Buffalo, I think, have already peaked and they're falling off. I can see the argument for Buffalo having peaked. I think Buffalo's defense peaked early in the season. I think they peaked too early. I think the offense can still potentially grow or at, at least continue to operate at that super high level, we may have seen the best Buffalo Bills defense that we're going to see this year. And if that's the case, I would take the Chiefs over them as well. 
and I may potentially take this Dolphins team over them as well. How inflammatory for a Tuesday evening. I'm going to have Bills fans in here just ripping my throat out. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, our next game, we move on to the Chiefs traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Another potential AFC Championship game preview. To be perfectly honest, if either one of these teams makes it to the AFC title game, or if both of these teams make it to the AFC title game, I don't think anybody's going to be crazy shocked. The Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC West, where the Bengals currently occupy one of the wildcard spots in the AFC. Uh, both of these teams have top 10 total offenses. The Chiefs obviously have a top five total offense, an exceptional scoring offense, and did just bring in Melvin Gordon, as I mentioned earlier in the show. So he basically slots into their number three running back spot, I believe, behind um, Isaiah Pacheco, as well as Jarek McKinnon. I think Gordon probably winds up superseding McKinnon in that, I think he starts getting some third down work, some passing down work, and, you know, like, Pacheco's been really, really good, especially the last couple of weeks. Cat, uh, <laughs> Bills fans do that just for the hell of it. You ain't got to say anything about the team for them to do that. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Bengals, I would expect to be back mostly to full strength this week. I think Mixon comes back on the offensive side. I think Jamar Chase is back up to speed and good to go. I love this game. I can't wait to watch this game. I would love it if they would flex this game to Sunday Night Football. Like this, this feels like the game that you should watch to close out the slate on Sunday rather than what is it right now? Indianapolis, Dallas. Like I would much rather watch this game as the Sunday night football game. Defenses are pretty similar. I think the Chiefs are a better coached team, but I think the gap between that is a little bit lesser than it may have been last year, or the year before. Like Andy Reid is still like Andy Reid is way up here, but um am I crazy if I take this upset? Cuz I kind of like it. I'm a big believer in this Bengals team. I really am. They've got pieces on this team across the board, across their offense, across their defense. I think this Bengals team is exceptionally good. But boy, it's like KC just seems to have that magic. They just seem to have that, they have that extra gear. They have that je ne sais quoi that really excellent teams do. Bengals win the game outright. I'm going to do it. Cincinnati, they're at home. I'm going to take the Bengals to pick up one of the bigger upsets of the week, even though, again, two exceptionally good football teams. I think we're going to go ahead and grab the Bengals at home to pick up the win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Cincinnati is taking plus two and a half in this game. So obviously I like him to win. I'm going to take that plus two and a half. And as a matter of fact, uh, let's just... No, let's not. We're going to we're going to change up. We're going to change it up. So, we'll take the plus 2 and a half. Total in the game set at 52 and a half points. This is a pretty good total. I think this has a real shot at getting into the 50s, but the very low 50s, I'm going to take the under because I feel like a 27-24 game feels very likely in this matchup. I think the Bengals defense takes a step up in this game. And I think they may wind up being the difference in this one. We're going to grab the under here. 27 to 24 Cincinnati means Bengals win. Bengals cover 
and give me a slight under on the points. Uh, let's see. Martin says, my friend Alan said it's expected to be raining in Santa Clara on Sunday. May affect footing. Good. I'm glad I took the under. Uh, Miami won two in a row against the Niners. Take Miami plus four. Both teams are hot. Uh, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. Cincinnati's won two in a row against KC. Both teams hot, but KC to squeeze by. I totally get it. And this is another 2-0 and or 0-2 game. Like, I'm either going to sweep it or I'm going to be 0-2. Uh, I guess there was something about TV programs protecting games or whatnot, and that's why it wasn't flexed. Like, one protected Casey and Cincy, the other protected Miami and San Fran. Ah, that sucks. If the Bengals can protect Burrow, they have a legitimate shot. 100%. I think that's what a lot of a lot of games come down to, is their ability to, a team's ability, or lack thereof, to protect the quarterback. Games like Mini in New York or hell, the other New York and DC would have also been intriguing at least. At this point, I'd prefer my Sunday night football games with teams with winning records. That seems very fair to me, Kat. <laughs> I don't think that's a huge ask. So as you may be able to tell, I am calling an audible on one of my top four against the spread plays. Just calling a little audible here live on the air. The miracle of live streaming. Okay. Three games left to talk about. The Los Angeles Chargers on the road in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders. Battle of the AFC West. And the Chargers for as up and down and at times as gloom and doom as the season has seemed for the Chargers. They're still in the hunt. The Chargers are 6-5, and five, I think. So they're still in the wildcard hunt here in the AFC. Nothing has been decided for them yet. I uh, can't exactly look at the Raiders the same way, but I mean, the, the Chargers, there's still a shot for them if they go on a run here late in the season. And Justin Herbert, uh, I mean, the conversation's happening now. There's no throw that that guy can't make. So with Justin Herbert as your quarterback, you can certainly go on a run. Uh, the Chargers are on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. Both of these teams rank in the bottom 10 in terms of total defense. Raiders are top 10 in terms of total offense. A lot of that coming from Devontae Adams and a lot of that coming from Josh Jacobs. What a renaissance for Josh Jacobs. Two years ago, it felt like Jacobs wasn't long for the league. And now they're looking, you look at Josh Jacobs like a bona fide running back number one. Like... So his, his comeback story here in the hearts and minds of fantasy football managers and football fans in general has been something special. Uh, Chad says, uh, Chargers, who are they? Didn't hear too much from them. Looks like he's going with the Raiders. Uh, I will not be going with the Raiders in this game. I will be going with the Chargers by virtue of the fact that they are still in the hunt, have a lot more to play for in this game. Oh, Raiders suck. I take the Chargers. <laughs> you, you had me in the first half there, Chad. Not going to lie. You had me in the first half. Uh, yeah, we're going to grab, I'm going to grab the Chargers here. They got a lot more to play for. The playoffs are certainly still in the conversation for them. So let's take the Chargers on the road in Las Vegas to get the win over the Raiders. And now it certainly doesn't help that Corey Lindsley for the Chargers is dealing with a concussion. And we know how extra it's been for uh, teams being careful with players in concussion protocol. So if they don't have their starting center, and Lindsley's been good this year, if they don't have their starting center, that does definitely hurt. But the Raiders don't strike me as an exceptionally good pass rush. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take two seconds here and see if I'm correct in saying that. 
Uh, NFL team sacks. Uh, team sacks per game. No, the the Raiders are uh, tied for 28th in the NFL in terms of sacks per game. Now, in the last three, they've averaged almost two and a half, which is a little bit better. But on the season, they're only averaging one and a half sacks a game. So their pass rush is not anything dangerous. So even if you don't have your starting center, yes, it sucks. But yeah, against a team that doesn't rush the quarterback particularly well, you can probably get away with it. I think Herbert's enough to get the Chargers over the hump here. On the line, the Raiders are taking plus 1.5 here as a very marginal home dog. So obviously where I like the Chargers to win, I'm more than happy laying that minus 1.5. And this is the audible that I called. Chargers minus 1.5. Now my bronze pick against the spread. Chargers minus 1.5. My bronze pick against the spread. And I took Cincinnati plus 2.5 out of there because... It's an up, it was an upset play and there's not much room there for a hedge. So I took that out and replaced it with Chargers minus 1.5. Chargers have been very good against the spread this year. Total in this game is set at 50 and a half points. Given that neither of these defenses are particularly impressive, I think I got to go with the over in this one. Over 50 and a half points in Chargers Raiders. Let's go Chargers 30, Raiders 24. So uh, we'll go with the over, we'll take the Chargers outright, and we'll take the Chargers minus the point and a half. Two games left to go here. We look at Sunday night football, the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Indianapolis has the detriment of the short week given that they played last night in a losing effort to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Indianapolis, a bottom 10 total offense in the NFL, but a top five total defense. So shout out to the Steelers for scoring the points that they did in that game last night. Um, yeah, top five total defense. Anything that they do, I think from here on out is going to be predicated on the defensive side. I just, it was nice to see Michael Pittman, uh, have a good game finally, but I just, that offense just seems gunned. I don't know if it's the line. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know what it is. That offense just kind of seems gunned. The Dallas Cowboys, a top 10 total defense so far this season. The benefit of the long week having played on Thanksgiving, obviously sitting in a wild card spot in the NFC right now. So a ton for them to play for that the Colts simply do not have. Yes, the Colts are number two in their division, but no one realistically thinks the Colts are going to catch the Titans. Like I think they're three games back at least, if not four, they're at least three games back with six to go. The Titans would have to completely implode. I think for something like that to happen, which I don't see happening. So I, you can't look at the Colts as a team that are playing for anything postseason wise. Dallas definitely is. I'm on Dallas in a big way in this game. As a matter of fact, Dallas over Indianapolis is going to be my platinum pick straight up this week. Dallas over Indianapolis, my platinum pick straight up. Obviously the big discrepancy there in rest, long week versus short week. I think Dallas has all the tools here to get this job done. Now, on the line, I was going to lay the points because last night it was at minus nine and a half. Today, it's at minus ten and a half. Cats in the chat, double digit spread against the top five total defense. I think I have to take the points here with Indianapolis. 
it's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of hold that. But uh, I think that's just too many points. I think this game stays low scoring. And in that context, I just think 10.5 is too many. So I'm going to hedge my bets and take plus 10.5 on the Indianapolis Colts. Insulates me against an upset. Let's go. Total in the game set at 43.5 points. I expect this to be a low-scoring affair because I don't know what I'm going to get from the Colts on the offensive side. So let's go under 43.5 points in Colts-Cowboys. Uh, and as a matter of fact, under 43.5 in Indianapolis-Dallas is my silver pick on my totals this week. Under 43.5 in Indianapolis-Dallas, my silver pick on the totals. Let's go 24-14. to 14. In favor of Dallas, Dallas wins, Colts cover plus 10 and a half, and give me the under on the points. Take a sip of tea here before we get into Monday Night Football division matchup of the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints on the road against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now the Bucks are currently the leaders of the NFC South, which is not saying a ton. <laughs> <laughs> this season anyway. The Bucks are a top 10 total defense. The Saints are kind of middle of the road in both of those categories. Saints are also on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. However, here's what I think is the big determining factor in this game. We saw it last week where they were not comfortable. Tristan Wirfs might be done for quite some time. Like the ankle, um, the ankle injury that he suffered. I don't know when we're going to see Tristan Wirfs again. And he makes such a huge difference. A huge difference on that Bucks offensive line. Like, I don't see any reason why the Bucks shouldn't have beaten Cleveland. Just on paper. Felt like that should be happening. The Bucks offense is not where it should be. The Bucks defense is still good but not necessarily where it should be. I think the Saints pull the upset here. Division game, no, they don't have anything to play for necessarily, but we keep that division as tight as we possibly can, and they're still contenders. Like, this division could literally come down to the last week of the season to decide who's going to win this division. I like the Saints here in the upset. Are they playing well enough lately to justify that? Probably not, but I don't think, I don't know. I just, I'm count me as not a believer in the bucks right now, I guess is what I'm going to have to, where I'm going to have to land on this. I'm going to take the saints outright on the road in Tampa Bay to beat the bucks. Now on the line, bucks are laying minus 3.5. And I think this is a hedge either way. You got to buy the extra hook. Even if you like, like if you like Tampa Bay, you got to buy the extra hook for minus three and a half instead of minus three. I think you hedge bets on this either way. Insulate yourself against the upset. So I'm more than happy to take the plus three and a half on New Orleans because I'm going to take them to win this game outright. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. I have to stay under on it because neither of these offenses are exactly in like filling me with confidence at this point. So I think I got to take the under here, under 40 and a half points in New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Let's go 17 to 16, New Orleans. Winning on a last second field goal. Saints win, Saints cover, and give me the under. 
Uh, Atlanta probably wishes they took that DC game seeing Tampa lose to Cleveland. Yeah, 100%. That has to be a game that the Falcons have got to sit there and kind of kick themselves at, right? Like, oh God, we, we let this one get away and that one could be exceptionally important come the end of the season. There you go, folks. Those are the picks for lucky week number 13 in the NFL. Let's go over my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks here with you one more time. Straight up, my platinum pick, Dallas Cowboys over the Indianapolis Colts. My gold pick, the Cleveland Browns over the Houston Texans. My silver pick, the Green Bay Packers over the Chicago Bears. And my bronze pick, the Atlanta Falcons over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Against the spread, my platinum pick, the Tennessee Titans plus 5.5 points. My gold pick, the Atlanta Falcons plus 1.5 my silver pick, the Los Angeles Rams, plus 7.5. And my bronze pick, the Los Angeles Chargers, minus 1.5. And on the totals, my platinum pick, Packers and Bears, over 43.5. My gold pick, Browns and Texans, over 47.5 points. My silver pick, Colts and Cowboys, under 43.5. And my bronze pick, Commanders and Giants, under 40.5 points. Those are the picks for week 13. Once again, we are looking to turn our betting picks around after the last few weeks. We hope to do that in week 13. Only six weeks left in the NFL season before it is super wildcard weekend yet again. Thank you so much for taking the time to check out the show. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your Tuesday to join me here with this live stream. And we will see you again for week number 14. For most of us, the last week of the fantasy football regular season. Let's see what happens.